everybody, Megan Zardex here, back at it again to give you another very exciting podcast episode, that being my Zarcast episode 19. And man, oh man, I got, I got some good, interesting things to talk about. Might actually, you know, rant a little bit from um from here and there, though, with one of my major topics that I have for tonight, though, and then pretty much everything else in between, though. So a lot of good, interesting stuff. We're also just like right around the corner from having Halloween as well. So I'm kind of throwing in some of my little spooky elements uh, here and there throughout the episode, though. So, you know, just keep that in mind. And uh, we, we got some really good stuff to talk about. And honestly quite a bit of stuff within even just the pop culture segment alone like I, I was going back and looking at all my stuff in my notes and i was like golly like a lot has happened within the past couple of weeks or so though but before i get too far up into it though i didn't want to give some little quick little channel updates i actually did manage to get myself a brand new monitor um so it kind of helped you know run little streams a little easier you know bigger display and all of that stuff though so i was like okay i, I i'm really digging this stuff and um you know, just slowly kind of doing some little upgrades here and there, though. And uh, I'll go ahead and throw this out there, though. But um, you might want to keep your eyes out and open because uh, as we're getting a little closer to the holiday season, you know, Black Friday deals are starting to go go up and stuff like that. In which case, uh, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about that a little later here in the show in just a bit, though. But you just might want to keep that in mind, though. Just I managed to happen to snag this monitor for a little cheaper thanks to Best Buy doing like a My Best Buy kind of deal thing or whatever, though. So, you know, just little things you might just want to keep in mind, though. But I just want to go ahead and just um just share that out to anybody that might be looking to upgrade some of their tech you know tech stuff they might actually have, though. But without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive straight up into that pop culture segment. All right, so starting off, we did manage to get a brand new title for, you know, the Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse 2, essentially. And we, we didn't know exactly what to call it, so we just really called it Spider-Verse 2. But the actual new name for it is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And then, you know, the first one was called, you know, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But Across the Spider-Verse, you know, going from Into to Across, I mean, it, face value, it almost kind of sounds the same, sort of, kind of-ish. It doesn't feel like it's going to do anything super crazy from what we're kind of expecting on the lines of what's going to happen, what happened in the first movie or what's possibly happened in the second movie. We still only know that it's supposed to release sometime next year in the year of 2022. We we don't have like an actual solid concrete release date, though, for it, though. But at least we have a, you know, a movie title to sort of kind of go off of just to kind of wet our appetites just a little bit. But we honestly don't have too much more um, beyond that. So it's like, oh, okay. I was like... Well, I guess throw a bone here or there or whatever, though. But, I mean, that's kind of the closest that we have to, you know, just kind of any concrete information, though. So, I mean, you know, just a very simple, straightforward, like, that's pretty much it. Um, I really hope that this movie kind of does really well, like the first movie and stuff like that. And, you know, honestly, if they kind of keep the same kind of mojo going on from what they had with the first movie and moving on to the second movie, I still feel like, you know, this movie will have some decent success, though, but it's still kind of early kind of, you know, make those calls or whatever, though. But here's hoping whenever it does come out, I'm probably going to have a blast just going through it because, you know, Spider-Man is like, like literally like my second, I'll say my number two hero um, in terms of right after Iron Man, in terms of like my Marvel superheroes, though. So always interested to see what's kind of up with the different um, Spider-Mans that are out there, basically, in that in that multiverse or whatever, though. But that's basically all there is to it for this topic, though. But to stay on the trend of Marvel, that was some good news. Then we got to shift over to a little bit of some upsetting news, because actually, 
when we thought all the delays were done in the year of 2020, you know, COVID and everything, pushed back the Marvel movies when in the MCU several times over, it seems like we got some more delays coming up around the corner. No, not any delays for what will be for the rest of this year, thankfully, because we are expected to get Eternals in November, just like a couple of weeks from now. And yes, we're still going to get um, the new Spider-Man movie that's going to come out in December. That remains unchanged. However, for the slate of movies that will be coming in the year of 2022, like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was supposed to drop out um, like late March. That got pushed back. And pretty much every movie that came after that literally got shifted over into the other movie spot. So basically, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to fall over to that May slot. And then the movie after that, you know, gets shifted over and so forth. So it, it is a little bit unfortunate to see all the, the 2022 movies take. Like, maybe they're trying to play a little bit of catch up on maybe one or maybe a couple of their projects with their movies with the post-production. Because I think a lot of the films have, you know, already kind of completed or at least the first half of what would be 2022. I think most of them completed their filming but it's probably just the post-production of all of that. Maybe they just wanted a little extra time to, you know, make their movies crisp with all the CGI animations and all that kind of extra stuff that kind of goes involved in the, the post-production process. So I'm thinking that's exactly what they're pretty much um, working on and what they needed a little extra time up on. So yeah, it, it is a little it is a little bit disappointing though. So basically, instead of March for Doctor Strange, it'll be kind of shifted over to May the 6th. And then Thor, Love and Thunder will move back to August 7th from a June date, and while Black Panther Wakanda Forever shifts from August to November 11th. So, yeah, basically everything just kind of gets shifted over, though. And I think that might have kicked something out of the 2022 slot and it would have shifted it into um, 2023 as well, though. So I think we might have gone from four movies that would be in 2022 down to I think what's going to be three, if, if I'm not mistaken or anything like that. But, yeah, so that's pretty much... um pretty much the main meat and potatoes with that one little news story right there. Uh, I guess we just got to be a, a, a little more patient though, but however, we're right around the corner from having um, Hawkeye come out on Disney plus, which that plans to drop out here in November, right around the holiday season though. So hopefully some of them Disney plus shows kind of filling the gap here and there. Um, I don't think we have any solid concrete release dates. We just kind of have window frames for Disney plus shows for the year of 2022, but hopefully that can kind of, you know, stock fill the gap just to kind of, um, feed our you know Marvel crave until we get some of those other um big movies releases because I know some crap is about to go down in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness I, I could just feel it like the whole entire multiverse thing that that's sort of kind of going on this theme for what is the beginning of this phase four I, I just have a feeling a lot of crap is about to go down in that movie and it's gonna basically be some follow-ups to what is gonna happen in the Spider-Man movie I I just have a sinking suspicion right there, but that's just me, though. But yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of all the, the Marvel news that I had um, for this pop culture segment, though. But moving from the the yet to the yay with, you know, in, um, with the Spider-Verse movie-related stuff to a little bit kind of sad with the um, with the Marvel MCU delays, we're going to have to take it another step lower, and I try not to focus too much on the negative stuff, but I do have some very unfortunate news for y'all because somebody that you might all be super familiar with, if you're a fan of anime in general, I do have some upsetting news because apparently on October 19th, Christopher Arise unfortunately passed away, who many of us might know him as 
the English voice actor for Frieza, who, you know, did a lot of stuff within the OG Dragon Ball Z, obviously the remaster with Dragon Ball Z Kai, and then also with his um with his reappearances in some other movies, as well as most recently Dragon Ball Super, um, uh, with that final tournament art, um, him, you know, having some of his last work done right there. And it is shad and sad and shocking and, you know, rest in peace, man, and you know, thoughts and prayers to your family and everybody else that um basically had any kind of form, bonds or connections with you, man, because man, I, I can't say how thankful I am for Frieza, because I'm like, Frieza was like a very interesting villain for me at the time when I was watching Dragon Ball Z for the first time. It was in that time period where when I was watching anime, I literally was watching Pokemon and Dragon Ball, and I literally thought of them as shows, and I really didn't think of them as animes. I just thought of them as really good shows. I was also watching other cartoons at the time or whatever, though, but I always knew that they weren't considered cartoons, but I just knew there was something special with both those two series respectively, though. And Frieza, man, man, oh man, like, his voice was just very distinct. Like, it was nothing else that you really kind of heard from any other kind of voice actors with any other kind of roles in any other shows. And he just always stood out. Like, like his laugh and just the way how he carried himself and just, just on pure moments where he was just kind of like, his voice was just hitting on some kind of other level whenever he had those fights with Goku and stuff. Like, he just stood out as a villain. Like, when you think about antagonist villains and animes, shoot like frieza is one of the first ones to come to mind along with a very this um very other kind of like shonen animes and stuff like that and I, I'm, I'm just like man it, it just really sucks man and and also you know his work didn't just extend out to just the the animes or some of the movies he was in it also extended out to all those different adaptations that he had for um for the uh for the anime into video games, so like your Dragon Ball Budokai's or Budokai Tenkaichi 2's or your Xenoverses or most recently Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I mean, there's a lot of different other games that they also had to do recordings for that too and then put his voice up in there though. So he did some marvelous uh, work throughout the years though. And he's going to be much loved and much appreciated for all the work he's done, you know, and just once again, just, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to your family and to your friends and the ones that were really close to you and stuff, as well as all the other voice actors that had the privilege to actually voice and sort of kind of work with him in the studios, whether they were just another voice actor or they were just a studio um, producer or, you know, the director, you know, the voice direction and all of that, or whatever kind of role you had up within Funimation or any other people that you might have partnered with or other studios you're partnered with. Uh, just thoughts and prayers out to all of y'all, though, so... Yeah, a bit of unfortunate news, and uh, I just want to say thank you for just being, you know, just a good role in the time that I was like, well, I always wanted to watch something good, and it was just, you know, you really lived Frieza up, like, because it's always something like, you know, a hero's a hero, but everybody loves a good villain, and, you know, he purely, you know, felt that role, and I felt like that role for him was just greatly accomplished, though, and I... I just wanted this to say my thoughts on that, though. But that's basically all I have to say on that news segment, though. But y'all got to let me know down in the comment section down below if you happen to be a big Dragon Ball fan or maybe you heard some of some other works that um that he might have done for some other character roles or something like that. Uh, just let me know down in the comment section down below, though. But, man, you're going to be dearly missed. But let's move over to our very last pop culture segment news for today. And that being what I was teasing a little earlier in the show that being that apparently 
it seems like more companies are jumping the gun early for their Black Friday deals. And apparently for Best Buy, and no, this didn't fall with, with the deal that I had with my monitor recently, though. But if you happen to um, notice that they're actually opening up some of the Black Friday deals early. So you can technically go in there, buy something underneath that deal, and it will say Black Friday guarantee. And let's say if you bought a TV, a new TV or something like that, and you bought it for, let's say, 400 bucks, And for some reason, it goes cheaper in the future, like right around Black Friday weekend, and it drops down to 300 they will automatically refund you um, the, the difference of how, you know, how much cheaper it managed to get back to um back to your original payment method so you know that is interesting so you just wanted to kind of keep an eye on them because um, apparently they just like starting this black friday stuff earlier and earlier i mean shoot just even with christmas in general like like my work literally had like christmas trees up um like early october almost tail end of september i was like what the heck like people just always like to start this stuff earlier and earlier me personally i think i'll probably be kind of looking around for a couple of uh, electronic things here and there and then obviously some good video game deals as well hopefully for my playstation 5 i really do want to get um ratchet and clank ripped apart or final fantasy 7 remake the integrate you know the, the ps5 version for basically all of that i kind of want to see if you know sony is going to be willing to drop that or it's like or basically the retailers and they're going to drop the prices on those so you don't have to pay quite 70 on that it's ooh, paying 70 bucks for a game i'm like oof i'm like and it's not a limited edition either though i, I just gotta say oof but anyway i'm gonna have a couple or i'm gonna have my eyes kind of set on that possibly try to get myself a new smartwatch and, and a few other things here and there for, you know buy things for the family and whatnot though so yeah if, if you got any black friday shopping to do uh you can actually probably start fairly early with this and i think even walmart's kind of getting ahead of the game on that i think they have like their special walmart plus sub not subscription but like um group or whatever though it's like Walmart plus something i don't know basically if you're part of that group you get some early access to black friday deals and stuff like that though so it does seem like the retailers are sort of kind of getting ahead of the game though and then once i really start finding out what is like some good electronic or especially good video game deals i'll i'll, I'll make follow-ups to this little segment um in future podcast episodes um just to kind of you know let y'all know exactly you know what to be out on the lookout for and some good deals here and there though but that basically does it in terms of all the pop culture segment news that i have so i mean you know it's probably one of a fatter meatier segment that i had in, in recent times with some good stuff of course with the sad stuff though but news nonetheless though but yeah so that's basically all i have for y'all on that so let's go ahead and move over to that gaming news All right, so first off, I wanted to go ahead and talk about my overall impressions for Sora finally being in Smash Brothers Ultimate as the final DLC character. And man, oh man, I gotta say, he's fairly interesting. I will have to say that. Like, I feel like everything kind of rolls off of his neutral air because basically he's a he's kind of like a combo king in a, in a way. Because basically, like for example, when you use like a neutral air. You want to lead up and make sure you hit your up, you know, your tap A a couple more times to kind of follow up into the other attacks and stuff like that, though. So it's sort of kind of mastering that. And the one thing I feel like if you're going to be a good Sora user, you got to know how to recover what to do, 
not just like the standard up B recovery, but like up B and immediately when you want to use a side B, you could do it after the up B, but you have to do it like almost instantaneously after that. So it kind of keeps people on their toes. And the one thing that's interesting with Sora that it, it took kind of a while for me to sort of kind of figure out with him was the fact that when you use the sideways B, it seems like you were always honing in on the person. However, what I notice is if you hit side B once, and then don't hit like the B button again, your special button or whatever you have it mapped to. If you don't hit it again, you can direction, um, you can send a direction of where Sora goes freely with no restrictions. You can aim it at the person if you want, or you can shift it away or whatever. But the second that you hit side B and then you hit B again, then it will auto target, um, it will auto target your opponent, whoever's closest to you, basically. And it will hit him three times in a row. So I was like, oh, okay. So basically, if you want if you want to be real good with Sora, I feel like you wouldn't use the auto target unless you have a strong feeling that you, you're probably going to be able to nail the person or whatever, though. And I know that side B, especially if you target that against a player that happened to fall up real high up in the air, you can kind of kill people fairly easy with that. So I do kind of like that. I did manage to get um some of my friends like that with some kills uh, here and there, though, but but yeah, the one thing I feel like is kind of weird is um his his neutral special. Like the fire is okay, you can spam it. The thunder I think is the best version of his neutral special. Or however, with the freeze, I don't know. I'm not really digging that one too much. But what I've been seeing, what most people do is like they use the freeze, run for it a little bit, then they like hit an up smash or something like that. Especially if you're fighting somebody on platforms, I feel like that's the best use of it. Or maybe if you catch someone trying to recover off the edge and you went out to pursue them and then you hit them with a freeze attack and then they just kind of fall straight down maybe that's another good way how to kind of use this thing but you have to kind of keep in mind which special is going to be up next so if you really wanted to get back to a freeze or a thunder you sort of kind of had to just kind of stand off to the side and just randomly use each one once to kind of get it going through the rotation that's the one thing i don't like is like the rotation i wish i could kind of like freely be able to select which one it is though but i mean kind of like you know like how shulk like if you hit b and you kind of twist the angle around and then you get to choose the different monado powers um it would have been nice or interesting if you're able to do that with sora with his different magical powers because you know he can always choose like that um with the different you know the different magic magic moves you you have access to like you're able to do that in the game so i was like oh i wish you sort of kind of were able to do it in smash brothers um itself though outside of that i really do like all of the different alts that he has and honestly i've been primarily using like the kingdom hearts default all however as i've been going through and playing the kingdom hearts series like i played kingdom hearts one i basically watched um chain of memories because i was not digging that battle system at all so I literally, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to watch all the story beat elements. And then now I'm on Kingdom Hearts 2, about getting close to 10 hours up in there. So I'm able to relate with his, you know, baseline form, his Kingdom Hearts 2 form. Um, what is, The other one's like the Riverside one, basically the one that calls back to the Steamboat Willie kind of art style, whatever. Um, I'm able to relate with that. So I'm able to relate with like a few different alts. And then obviously there's like the cool blue one, which I think is pretty neat, neat but Man, for some oddball reason, when I was playing with it, I kept losing. I was like, you know what? I got to put that all aside or whatever, though. But yeah, so honestly, I really do like the alts as well. And that final smash, though, that final smash, ooh, that sucker be hitting because I was playing with some of my friends. 
the range on that thing or the hitbox on his final smash is crazy because if you're in the line of sight when he shoots out his keyblade and shoots out like that little small beam of light that connects to where the keyhole is at if you get caught in anywhere in that direct path you get shot into the keyhole if you're in where the keyhole is basically going to appear at within that hitbox you get you get pulled in and then also there's like a little bit of like a hazy little you know like ring around the keyhole where if you caught like slightly outside the edge of it you will get pulled back up in it i feel like sword's final smash is probably the easiest ones to kind of catch people up in and gosh like avoiding it sometimes has been kind of tricky for me to be honest though but all all the while, it's still been pretty fun <laughs> um, to play those kind of matches. And if you're the one that's dishing out that keyhole and locking them up behind the door of darkness and then shutting, you know, breaking down the door or whatever, though, it always felt really good whenever you were doing it, though. So, honestly, overall, I really do like Sora. It's going to take a little bit more time for me to kind of get used to him and be able to kind of incorporate my kind of fight style up in him because I feel like he's very combo heavy. Um, also, I feel like you can get people over the edge pretty well. And I think the real good Sora players are going to find ways to kind of do a mid-air combo, cancel out of it, hit the ground, and then follow up the combo with a little bit more. Like, those are going to be the good Sora players that you're going to find online. The ones that are able to cancel out of moves to start up new combos and stuff like that. So, yeah, this is something to kind of keep in mind that on. And, and it still sort of kind of feels surreal just having Sora finally be the very last character for Smash Brothers. I was like, golly, it, it, you know, it, it just really does feel surreal to me, at least. So I was like, oh, man, kind of sad to, you know, finally, you know, see the end of Smash Brothers, though. But uh, here's hoping that uh, whatever comes after Smash or whatever Sakurai does after this, um, it's something that he likes, he enjoys and whatnot, though. And I'm pretty sure everybody got his support, no matter what he makes. Please, Sakurai, I ain't, I ain't trying to, you know, say what you need to do next, though. But, man, in a Kid Icarus game, a new Kid Icarus game or the support or something. I don't know. Just, just give me something Kid Icarus, man, related. I mean, that's what I really want to crave because I don't think anybody can make it like what you do. But, oh, man, I, I, I can still wish and dream, can I? But yeah, that, that's basically all my thoughts on Sora, though. But if you've been playing any Smash Bros. Ultimate using Sora as a DLC character, y'all gotta let me know down in the comment section down below what all do you think about that, though. And uh, that's pretty much all my thoughts on Sora, though. So we'll go ahead and move over to the next topic because uh, a little bit of unfortunate news. Uh, we did manage to get a delay for Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp because originally this game was supposed to come out, I believe, on December, I want to say December the 3rd, I think. Um, yeah, December 3rd was when it originally was supposed to be planned to come out. And now they decided to push it back to spring 2022 because uh, Nintendo basically said that the game just needs a little more time to fine tune. But, you know, you'll be battling with Andy and his friends here soon. So thanks for your patience. So it, it's honestly kind of weird because usually Nintendo is pretty good with delays. In terms of usually when we get a hardcore release day, like you know, a you know, a month and a day with the year, they usually don't ever flip the script on it, or especially not whenever we're like a couple of months away from it, like what we're in October right now. The game would have came out in December, so a couple of months from now. Yeah, usually that never quite happens that often. But the fact that it's happening with this game is, you know, a little interesting or whatever though, because normally like I think about the most recent delays, um, one being, you know, Metro Prime 4 when we never quite got a year, but we just knew that it was in development. That makes sense, delaying games like that. And then you look back at, like, Breath of the Wild. Like, they never gave us, like, a concrete 
year. So they, you know, it's sort of kind of because, well, technically they never gave a year out for it. You can kind of tell it was just getting delayed until, you know, whenever it got fully ready. And then most recently, like Animal Crossing New Horizons, um, they just gave out like a season date. Like it was like, oh, it was planned for what was it? 2019, fall of 2019, I think they might have said or something 2019 or might have kept it vague as 2019. When they give it years or seasons, those could possibly get delayed. Because, you know, Nintendo's pretty good about trying to avoid crunch or not, like, crunch the hard levels like some other third-party companies and stuff like that, though. But, yeah, they're pretty good about, it. you know, if a game needs more extra time to polish, then they'll go ahead and do that. Or, shoot, Nintendo's pretty good about even sitting on games for a very long period of time and relating to, you know, and waiting to just the right moment to actually drop out those games. Like, I'm pretty sure they got a Metroid Prime Trilogy sitting in their vault that's ready to go but because how long they have to delay metroid prime 4 i feel like that's the main reason why um we hadn't even had that like that trilogy drop but then again there's rumors that maybe they're remastering the first game i don't know at this point though but they, they probably have something sitting back there just waiting to pull the trigger out though but yeah so it is interesting to have to see this game get pushed back into spring of 2022 but that just makes the the 2022 lineup you know that much more interesting because like 2022 right now we have Mario Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, Splatoon 3, Breath of the Wild, um, Breath of the Wild 2, Bayonetta 3, the, the new 3D Kirby game. I mean, and, and the list kind of goes up, and then you got some other third-party games like you know, Project Triangle Strategy and so forth. I'm like, yeah, the, the list for 2022 is starting to slowly stack up. I mean, throwing a Mario um game here and there though. And um, shoot, 2022 could honestly be looking just as good as, you know, 2017 was looking whenever the Switch originally launched. And we almost had like a new Nintendo first party IP game that came out almost every single month with the exception of like a couple of months in there um, from when the Switch launched from like that bar the year or that month of March all the way into the month of December, though. I was like, it was a packed year. So 2022 might finally be that game. Oh, and then also there's like Pokemon Legends Arceus. I knew something else was sticking up in my mind, but I just couldn't think about it. That coming out early January. But yeah, I'm like, man, it, 2022 is going to be a stacked, crazy year in itself as what we already know. And who knows what else can also be announced in that year as well, though. So yeah, it's a little bit unfortunate news for people of the Advanced Wars series, though. Because honestly, if it was going to drop in December, I felt like I might have potentially picked it up just to kind of see what it was like, you know, because this was originally like a, a GBA game or whatever. It's still made by Intelligent Systems back in the day. But now that, you know, this remake version or the reboot, should I say, is being made by Way Forward. So they, you know, it seemed like, I guess, Way Forward must have been talking to Nintendo and say, hey, we just need a little more extra time just to work on this, fine tuning it. And honestly, I was sort of kind of thinking about it. I was like, it kind of makes sense why they kind of delayed it back, even if it wasn't just primarily for the, the sake of fine-tuning, but this game was literally sandwiched, number one, it was coming out on the same day as Big Brain Academy, which I was like, dang, Nintendo dropping two first-party games on the same day? I felt like Advance Wars was still done better than Brain Academy because I feel like more people might have gravitated towards that in comparison to the other one, would it be a learning game or whatever, though, but not just that, but it was being sandwiched between Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl that came out one month prior to it, Towards um in front of it in November, and then also one month after it, it literally was gonna have Pokemon Legends Arceus. So I felt like a lot of eyes would have been shifted towards Pokemon instead of this. So maybe pushing it out into spring, which at that point I feel like it's either gonna come out March, April, or maybe early May. I, I feel like that might do a little bit better. Just give it a little space 
um, from the new 3D Kirby game, and it should be roughly fine. I'm thinking the game might come out in March if, like, Kirby comes out in April or something like that. Or if it, Kirby came out in April, maybe this game comes out in May. I don't know. But, yeah, so that's basically all I have to say or feel about the, the delay for Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp. But y'all gotta let me know uh, what all you think about that delay and... Was this a game that your original was going to pick up or now, you, you know, you're just kind of playing the waiting game for it until it actually finally um, releases out. But y'all got to let me know about it, though. Now, let's go ahead and move on to the final news topic that I have for today in terms of the gaming news. That being the big one, the one that literally lit the Internet aflame, the one that made a lot of people scratch their heads when it originally revealed within an Animal Crossing Direct. That being... The Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. Originally, this thing was revealed on a Friday, the same day as the Animal Crossing um, expansion or the Animal Crossing Direct has happened. And I was like, oh, okay. I was certainly not expecting big news to come out on the Friday. I honestly forgot about the Animal Crossing stuff being um having that direct on that day. Like I, I felt like I knew about it a little before then. And then it sort of kind of, you know, dissipated from my mind. And I was like, oh, shoot. And then it, then it came back up. And a lot of people were, like, really happy, super excited for all of the stuff that happened within Animal Crossing. Because it seems like, you know, it was like a big 2.0 update. There's a lot of stuff that you, that was going to be added into the game naturally. Like, the Brewster's coming back, and he's going to be um, positioned up, um, I believe, in the museum uh, on that, like, second floor. So you're able to kind of, you know, get, get that pigeon milk or whatever, though. And then... um. And then also, like, the other big catch was, like, they're adding, like, a big, massive expansion of DLC, where it's, like, the happy home designer stuff, but with, incorporated with this, where you're actually designing, like, restaurants or hotels or something like that on, like, an archipelago of islands and stuff. So, it seems pretty cool, really interesting. I think most of the Animal Crossing fans, I know, I know I have one friend that's a big Animal Crossing fan. He's super hyped on it, though. Whenever he gets his hands on the DLC, I'm pretty sure he's going to go to town on this mess, though. But... Yeah, so it seems like for the Animal Crossing fans, this was a big win. But, of course, they have to introduce some other new information because, you know, with Animal Crossing, with it selling well over 30-plus million units, they, they felt the need of saying, you know what, we're going to try to sweeten the deal just a little bit more because we know that Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack is coming. So, hey, if you happen to be one of the people that get the expansion pack, you will able you're going to be able to have access to all the, the paid DLC for Animal Crossing New Horizons, which the DLC in itself costs 25 bucks. However, for the Switch Online expansion pack, it's going to cost 50 whole bucks for just one person. Or if you get the family pack, 80 whole bucks. That's legit like a two point something increase over the original Switch Online. Because originally... The original base tier is 20 bucks for a single player, single person. And then you get the expansion pack, it's 50 bucks. So it's like literally a $30 increase going from 20 to 50. In terms of the family memberships, 35 for the base, 80 for the, you know, for the family for the expansion pack. And I was like, what the actual heck? How in the world are you gonna increase the price? by that much like we literally went absolutely crazy and bonkers going from the direct when this originally was announced and everybody was losing their crap out like finally we're getting switch or we're getting n64 games on the switch mind you also they managed to tag in the genesis games which honestly are already on a bunch of um um 
are on a bunch of different um things right now like like you had the sega genesis ages collection or the the sega genesis you know normal collection that's basically all on the cart or slash you can buy it digitally on the switch right now there's a lot of different ways that you can play those sega games but there are a few on there that are going to be on the service that aren't on those things but most people are going crazy over the n64 games in general though and i was like man how in the world are you going to charge this much for it because honestly i was expecting a five most likely a ten dollar probably fifteen dollar increase so instead of 20 bucks for a single person it would have gone up to 35 that's what i was sort of kind of expecting but to go up literally double the amount plus some i was like what the heck nintendo but then again, if they keep this price up this high, I'm really hoping that they don't have to actually raise the price at all much after this. And I feel like hopefully they'll go through and they'll be able to add more stuff, more consoles, more games to where more people will feel like this is, you know, more, you know, worth their money a little bit more. Because honestly, when people were looking at this, I feel like I feel like the ratios were pretty split between um between people that were saying, I'm going to pretty much get this day one, or I'm going to wait, or I just don't feel like it's worth it at the time of, you know, they basically announced all of this news. Because I actually managed to do a little poll um, on my Twitter account, and I was looking at this, I was like, and I feel like the percentages of what, you know, what people said is almost pretty reflective of, you know, what might happen with most people in general. So literally, I was looking at my poll and like 27.3% of my people said that, yes, I'm going to go ahead and upgrade. Another 27.3% said, uh, I'm going to wait on more extra content to come to the service. And then 45.5% were saying, no, it's not even worth it. So I feel like, you know, half of people are saying, yes, I'm going to get it at some point. And then half of people are going to say, you know what, it's not worth it at all, period. And then even out of the half of people that says, I'm going to get it at some point, half of that number, roughly about 25% are saying getting it day one, the other 25%, like I know my friend Bronto over here, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to get it day one, but I literally might wait a whole year and see what other games are added to the service. Because in terms of the games that are in this thing, we have, you know, Mario Kart 64, we have The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Star Fox 64, Mario Tennis, Dr. Mario 64, Super Mario 64, Yoshi's Story, Sin and Punishment, and Win Back. Those are the all of the, the ones that we have originally that was going to drop out on launch, which is a grand total of nine games, not even like roughly 20-ish or 20 plus, like what we had with the NES games and the SNES games. So I know it's going to take like a little more legwork, especially when you got games like Mario Kart 64 and Star Fox 64, where you're getting like four different people that are able to basically play online multiplayer, which I feel like that is the greatest draw for most people. That's probably the reason why we have such a smaller lineup and they probably needed to add a little extra substance to it, hence why we got the Animal Crossing um, DLC added up in there, along with the Sega Genesis games, though. My only little complaint is I sort of kind of wish that Nintendo would kind of lay out a roadmap, basically explaining exactly what their plan is for the Switch Online expansion pack and, you know, how many different games are we going to be expecting a month, because should I remind y'all, with the NES and SNES stuff, we used to go, or not SNES, in the NES days when we just had the NES, we used to get updates on games every single month. We used to have new games that we used to expect. I think it was like right around two or three-ish or something like that, though. Um, but that that's honestly what 
we normally were expecting it. And then the SNES games, once they added that up into the the system, they broke away from a monthly thing. And we got it like once every other two or three months, which was sort of kind of crazy or something like that, which was kind of upsetting though. Uh did have a comment here in the chat from Omar. And he was saying, uh, is it coming out in 24 minutes for the Switch Online? Uh, it is actually getting kind of close to midnight Eastern time. However, I don't believe it's actually coming out because I actually looked on... Um, Twitter and I actually saw like um basically like the you know how like the switch kind of goes through and does its um mate server maintenance and whatever though and I did find some server maintenance times however it doesn't seem like there's server maintenances um for the online stuff and just the eShop in general it's it's supposed to basically happen um tomorrow evening so we might go a good chunk of tomorrow um with them not having anything up because think about it they got to go back and revamp the you know the the Nintendo website in general because that's how you do all your family, you know, family accounts and linking up with the different accounts. You got to do it on the website side. Then you got to change out the eShop. Then you got to update and put in the new app for the N64 and the Genesis stuff and make sure all the connections kind of going up on there, though. If I, I know I have those times written down or I, I had a link to them somewhere, though. Uh, once I have it, I'll probably go ahead and drop it in the, the chat in case of for anybody that kind of wants to know exactly what time that we might sort of kind of expect it though, but it's going to be sometime tomorrow evening based on the times that I basically saw um, right off the bat though. But yeah. Oh goodness. But yeah, I was like, man, I, I'm really, I think the thing I'm most looking forward to with the online service is me going through and playing Ocarina of Time. Cause that's going to be at a slightly higher resolution than what it originally was. And that was a game I actually own on the 3ds. But I actually never went through and actually played the whole game. Like, I played Majora's Mask on the 3DS because I think I got it free through Nintendo with their Club Nintendo stuff back in the day. Club Nintendo used to be real good back in the day, to be honest, though. But Ocarina of Time was one of those ones I was like, I just really kind of want to play it on a big screen television. So I'm like, okay, now, now's the time I can finally do that. So I think that's the number one game I'm going to, though. But with most of my friends, I'm probably going to throw down a little bit on Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, and as well as, you know, Dr. Mario 64 for some of my puzzle fan enthusiast friends like out there like that, though. So, yeah, so a lot of good stuff to kind of expect. And then I got to go back on another, um, another bad road because... You know, with this, we are getting new controllers, that being the N64 controller, as well as the Sega Genesis controller. And lo and behold, as always, you know, good things that always happen to release out. This stuff sold out in minutes after it went up online. I was like, what the actual heck? Because I was not able to snag the N64 controller. I could have snagged the Genesis controller. That one was up for a few more hours um, or... I think it was up for almost the majority of the day that this stuff went live on that Friday, but the N64 thing sold out really fast. And now I'm kind of in the waiting game. I know they're going to restock because they said basically keep an eye out for um, later October in terms of them restocking it. So if you really want to get your hands on this, I highly recommend going on the Twitter, following Wario 6 or, um, Golly, what was his name again? I think it was Wario64, because uh, I think he, he does a really good job at um kind of keeping track of most things that um that drop out. And he, he'll give he'll give you a really good link for it though. But yeah, at Wario64, that's who to follow on Twitter, turn on notifications, and uh you, you pretty much will see him the second they go up on Nintendo's website. They might actually get restocked um tomorrow as well though but yeah i, I honestly just want to get my hands on the n64 controller i really wish that they actually had the other colors as well because i was a big fan of the blue color 
but obviously they're just going with classic gray or whatever. I don't see myself getting the Sega Genesis controller. Maybe I would have gotten it if it was a six button one, which I think they're only dropping out in Japan as well. So I was like, ah, shoot. I was like, why Nintendo? Why? But yeah, so that's most of the majority of the information that we know on the, the N64 online stuff. But also, you know, those aren't just the only nine games that we know that basically is coming because there, there's a lot of other games that are coming as well that we're able to expect. And I'm I'm trying to pull up that list here in front of me um, at the moment, though. But we, we can expect games such as like Banjo-Kazooie, Paper Mario. Um, man, those are like the, the two that I had off the top of my memory, though. But I, I can probably pull up a list here real quick, though. But a, quite a few different games I know some people are actually excited about. And there's some other things that, you know, with some games that are actually included within like the future release of some games to come it kind of makes you scratch your head and wonder like all right how in the world is nintendo basically going to handle this service um moving forward though and um let, let me go ahead and pull this thing up here real quick but yeah because i was like i know with the inclusion of banjo kazooie um coming out to on the on the service i really wasn't expecting rare games to actually be included in it because that means they have to collaborate with microsoft in order to get that game to come over here because i feel like for most of the n64 games that came out on that con on that console it was either the big ones were either nintendo based or they happened to be um rare you know rare games and whatnot though so it was like okay i was like so yeah out of all of them i was like yeah i was like I, I I was really digging some of that stuff. So I was like, okay. But yeah, so I was looking at it. Okay, so now I got the list up here in front of me though. Yeah, so we can expect games like Majora's Mask, Banjo-Kazooie, Mario Golf, uh, another type of Kirby game, Pokemon Snap, my dad, uh, F-Zero X, and then uh, Paper Mario. So yeah, we can expect all of those games coming out at a future release. We don't know exactly, you know, the rate of when they're going to drop those games, but hopefully it's a bit more consistent than what we have now. And then obviously they're, they're still going to keep continuing to drop NES and SNES games for those that are, you know, obviously a part of the expansion pack, but then also the people that decide not to upgrade just to kind of keep them involved in the progress or in the, in the process as well, though. So, yeah, uh, another big one for me is Banjo-Kazooie because Banjo-Kazooie is a game that I kind of want to get my hands on because... With his inclusion in Smash, now I actually have a, a good, decent way of being able to play his game so I can get that representation um, covered in terms of the Smash roster, though. So, yeah, that's something I'm definitely looking forward to as well, though. But, but yeah, so honestly, some good stuff to sort of kind of expect from the service. Still pretty salty about the fact that, you know, the pricing and the stuff that they're kind of offering. Like, I kind of wish there was a little bit more content that was being included up in, you know, up into this tier or whatever, though. And the other big thing to talk about is the the whole, um, the DLC stuff. Because then that sort of kind of gets your, your brain kind of scrambling. Like, are they just going to do DLC for just Animal Crossing? Or does that basically open up the floodgates to other DLCs being included in in the future? Like, where it be new DLCs like Splatoon 3? You know, Splatoon 3 is a big online focus like after you you know go through and beat the the single story player mode um most people kind of dive up in there and honestly just keep going through all the online matches like you probably wouldn't catch a lot of people with like splatoon 2 right now that don't have the online service if they're somewhat active or they really did enjoy um playing the game 
and you know obviously you basically go online after you're done with the single player stuff though but do you do stuff like that does uh breath of the wild 2 come out with dlc in the future with another expansion pack and they, they throw that up in there so like we don't know if and when are they going to do that with certain stuff people might be thinking well what about adding like the smash ballad up in there like for the dlc wave one and two but i feel like with that you have so many other different licensing stuff with the other third-party companies so maybe that will stay out of here though or maybe they might throw in some of the older dlcs like uh like legends of the hyrule wars age of calamity like that's dlc i don't have any remote interest in purchasing but if they weren't included within the expansion pack then hey you you'll get me to stick my cartridge back up in my switch and actually go through and play through that dlc so it's kind of like a rocky road like we don't know exactly what all they're going to be able to do with the service and or you know like did they add hopefully they they find a way to kind of add more stuff to it before a whole nother year goes and then they might try to add game boy hopefully like sometime halfway in between they, they manage to actually stick in another console or something like that though whether it be nintendo like the game boy or you try to stick with um with sega or something like that maybe throw the saturn on there throw the dreamcast on there and i feel like you're gonna get a lot more signups up on there though and then also thinking back on the whole thing with third-party support and stuff, if, if they manage to get Banjo-Kazooie up on there, does that mean we can get Diddy Kong Racing? Or should I, shoot, should I dare say GoldenEye? Because I feel like if you drop GoldenEye up on this service, people are going to say 50 bucks, oh, take my money. Because, uh, shoot, GoldenEye is just that big. And, you know, with all the logistics behind all the copyright stuff and all of that between Nintendo, Microsoft, and a couple of other movie studios and stuff like that. I mean, shoot, that will be a dream come true to play that also online with other friends like whole oh, shoot that would be a lot of fun though but i think that's pretty much all the thoughts as long as i'm not forgetting something um basically in terms of all my thoughts on the the n64 expansion pack or switch online expansion pack with the inclusion of n64 games along with the sega genesis games along with that weird but yet odd um dlc for animal crossing new horizons so yeah, so that's basically all the thoughts I have on that. And that pretty much does it in terms of all the different gaming news that I had here up on my list. And so I'll go ahead and uh, flip it over to my next um my next little topic for my podcast. That being uh so about that show. And unfortunately, I still do not have a jazzy music transition thing if you're listening or watching this on YouTube yet. Uh, I, I just gotta sit down and just take the time out of this to do it like what with some of my other ones though. But yeah, in terms of some of the stuff I've been watching, I mean, you know, with it being kind of close to Halloween and, you know, being in the fall mood and whatever, though, I actually took the time out there. I sit down with my family. I actually watched like the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, man, man, that, that's just the classic right there. You can honestly just kind of put that on and just kind of listen to it in the background, though. But in terms of some other stuff I've been watching uh, just recently, I felt like I watched some kind of movie here recently, but I hadn't. Hmm. Felt like I thought I felt like I thought I watched something um fairly good recently, but then then again I, I guess it sort of kind of slipped from my mind. But um oh yeah I did watch that new Fast and Furious movie um from a from a while back that released sometime in the summertime. I did manage to go to watch that. It was it was a fun little watch. Can't remember if I said that in the last podcast or not. I think I might have. But in terms of some other stuff, I I've, I've been going through and watching some more anime, of course, from you know Funimation and whatnot though. Um. I will say, I will say that there's some good ones that they have up on here. Um, like for example, just kind of going through some of my query that I have right now. 
man, it, it, it will let me log back up into my mints. I was like, man, no, normally it's already there at the very top of my, at the top of the website. But obviously it wanted me to log back up in there though. But yeah, lately I've been going through and watching like um, the world ends with you, the anim um, the animation. I've been, I've been kind of digging most of the episodes that have been releasing for it so far. It's been kind of nice to go through and kind of relive um, those moments that happened in the game, but in anime form right there. I've been, I've been having a pretty good blast with that though. And uh, I already gave my praises to Zombieland Saga, I believe, last time. But if you hadn't tried it, I highly recommend it. Even though it's about a you know group of idols and stuff, which ain't particularly my kind of tea, the fact that they're zombies and stuff like that, it, it, it can sort of kind of, you know, set the mood for what is the sort of kind of spooky season. So, I mean, like, you know, if, if you're looking for something interesting and something kind of off the wall that ain't your typical normal, I do highly recommend that. Um, and another one I wanted to kind of go through and highlight that's fairly new, at least for me watching it, is the detective is already dead. Like if you like the sort of kind of mystery, sort of kind of, it's, it's not fully like based on murder or something like that, but just mystery in general and kind of figuring out cases and stuff like that. I highly recommend that one. I've been having a, a pretty good blast with that. I have a new episode that just came out for the dub today, um, that, that I'm probably going to watch sometime after I'm done, <laughs> um, done um going through this podcast and whatnot though like I, i've been really enjoying that as well though but that's just a few of the animes i've been watching though and hopefully here soon because i think within the next week or so um this upcoming friday is the release of the new my hero academia movie um that being world heroes mission and I do try to plan on actually going out to go and watch that at my theater. I've just been patiently waiting just to see when the tickets are actually um, going live. So that way I can go ahead and make a pre-order for it. But it seems like my theaters, or at least my local ones, the, the couple that are around me, uh, don't like to put up ticket stuff 